Vina Bisfarm, Rabbi Daniel Feldman Safer on Kibbutz Abayin. And the question is, as we are well aware, that standing is shows some sort of sign, physical manifestation of something. We do it when a parent walks into the room. We do it when a rabbi walks into the room. We do it for someone who's over the age of 70. We do it for some for a dignitary. So you stand. And the question that I want to address at first is, what exactly are we doing? Why are we doing so? What are we trying to demonstrate? So I think there are two options here. When it comes to keep it up aim, we know there's kavod, supposed to honor one's parents. There's also mora, there's supposed to be a certain reverence and respect. What exactly is standing? How do you define standing? Interesting, right? It's important to figure this one out. So Yorch HaShulchan, writing in the Vardik, end of the 1800s, he says it's clear. You stand as a form of respect. That's why you do it. Kavod. When someone who's over the age of 70 walks into the room, you stand for them, a form of respect. Rabbi Lachman, who was one of my rabbis in KBY, said, you know why you do it even if the guy was a truck driver his whole life? And because he has a PhD in life at that point. You respect the life experience. So he said it's clearly a form of, 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 of kavod. However, the Sefer HaMakne, who we've seen earlier quoted as well, he disagrees. And he says, we don't stand for respect, we stand out of re- reverence and awe. And he brings a very interesting source for this. So listen to what he says. He says, if you look into Yardea, a few simonim later, it's the laws of honoring, not one's parents, but the uh, uh, honoring a rabbi. Hon- honoring a rabbi. And there's a lot of, lo- there's a bunch of laws in Shulchan Aruch that deal with this. And among them, the Shulchan Aruch says as follows. That someone's in a bathhouse and the rabbi walks into the room, don't stand up. Why not? Because that's not going to be showing them respect. That's not covered. You're standing up and you're not dressed. You're standing up in a bathhouse. That's you're making a fool out of yourself. That's that's not. There's no covered in honor when you stand up when you're in a bathhouse. That's what the Shulchan Aruch says. And the Shulchan Aruch goes on, okay, okay, fine. Comes along the Pesach Tshuva. So the Pesach Tshuva, it's an interesting work. On the bottom of the Shulchan Aruch, if anyone has ever seen a Shulchan Aruch, Shulchan Aruch can literally be two, two or three lines on a page, and then there's a lot of commentary around it. There are the more famous commentaries, like the Shach and the Taz, who we quoted, the Sifzei Kohen, of David Segel. There are, and depending on where you are in Shulchan Aruch, like the Mogan Avram, okay. On the bottom of the page, there was something called the Pesach Tshuva. The Pesach Tshuva was... There are a lot of Shalas and Shubas, works of Shalas and Shubas, which we actually spent a whole last year discussing. So rather than having to, every time you learn a, a section of Shulchan Aruch, try to figure out, okay, does this, does this rabbi talk about in his book of Shalas and Shubas? Does this rabbi talk about in his book of Shalas and Shubas? The Pisgah Shubas said, I'll just take, I'll kind of amalgamate all the Shubas on each and every sip and simon. So all the Shubas that he knew about on Kibbutz of Aim standing up, he put underneath as, as a note, to this in Shulchan Aruch, but it's, it's everywhere in Shulchan Aruch, especially in, really in Yardea. Last week, we were two weeks ago, we weren't here last week, two weeks ago, we discussed, um, we, what we were discussing, honor with pa- parent when, when there's no benefit to you involved. So in that area, he also, he thought of all the chubas you can think of, put it there. It's a wonderful work, and it saves you not just a lot of time, but saves you a lot of room on your shelf in your library, because it's all right there. So the physical chubas says as follows. He says, Ein omdum lufneha. This, that, the Shulchan Aruch of Yosef Cairo claims, do not stand in front of, if you're in the bathhouse, 
You're staying here in the pool, in your bathing suit, and the rabbi walks into the room. Don't stand up, because that's not a form of showing respect. He says as follows. He says, Don't go to rabbi mufak. That's when we're talking about a stam rabbi. Not the God Hadar. Not your rabbi who you call your rabbi for life, but a rabbi. There's a rabbi who's out there who you, we show respect to all rabbis. This rabbi is not... Again, your rabbi Mubuk, who you learned most of your wisdom from, he's just one of the rabbis you've encountered in your life. Him, don't show him kavod, or it's not a show of kavod, of respect to stand up when you're st standing there in your bathing suit. However, however, of the rabbi Mubuk, if your rebbe, the one who taught you most of your wisdom, wisdom, the one who for you is supposed to be the living embodiment of Torah coming from Harsinai, you're linked to the Mesorah, that rabbi walks into the room, or, for that matter, or for that matter, he says, Shu mora, him you have to revere. He says, I just get the line here. Okay, I totally left out the most important line. He says, for your rabbi Muvak and for your parent, and for your parent, you have to stand up going on with that. So it seems to be that there are there are two types of there are two types of of standing. There's a standing we do out of respect. Someone walks into the room, we stand up for them, respect respect. There's also a standing you do that's more of a, a sign of awe, fear, and reverence that goes beyond the regular standing. Put it this way, if the king walked into the Mercha, to the bathhouse, you stand up out of fear. He's the king. If the if a low level officer walks into the warehouse into the, into the bathhouse, you don't necessarily stand up. So I think what what we have here is even within standing up, there's two ways to look at it. There's an aspect of kavod of respect, but there's also an aspect of someone walks into the room. There's for some people, there's a certain show of reverence we have for them that, that goes beyond just showing them respect, but also showing them that I have a certain fear of you, a certain reverence of you. And if you think of it that way, so then maybe even your your parent, you should stand up in the bathhouse. But more importantly, we can say that the reason we stand up for our parent is not just out of respect, but also out of an awe and reverence. I thought that was an interesting way to look at it. Any thoughts, comments, questions? Okay. That's part one. Part one is an obligation to stand for our parent. Now, the question is as follows. Can a parent be mochel? Can a parent say, I don't want you to do so? Can a parent say, you know what? I appreciate what you're doing, but you don't have to stand up every time I walk into the room, or we saw the sources once a day. But that's something I need. And for that matter, you can really ask this a much broader question. To what extent is it within the right of the parent to be mochel and to say, and to forgive, and to say, I don't really need, I don't need this covet, I don't need this respect to their child? And where do you draw the line? Is it for everything? Is it for some things? Is it for nothing? How exactly do we look at this? I think it's a very, it's an important question, especially in the culture we live nowadays. I don't think most children stand up for their parents. Even the most respectful of children. I don't know. Anyway, what do you right, wrong? When I first became from years ago, uh, and uh, I used to come home on weekends to uh, visit my parents. For my father would come up, get up late in the morning. So I, I think even as a steer was. So you're doing the right thing. I stood up for, for sure. For many seconds. But, uh, but the question, you're right. You're right. I think the question. I don't know if you. Okay, but the, the question. <laughs>
So I'll, no, no, so, correct. So again, I think the, the important, so, correct. Okay, but I think what we're going to drive at here is using this as a lens to talk about, again, this is a very overt manifestation of kavod, I'm standing up, but what is the, what right does a parent have to say, I don't want it, you don't need to do it for me, especially if you think about the parent through the lens of, this is not just a karasatov, but also the link in the Mesorah, as we talked about so many times, that maybe it's not within the parent's right to say so. Maybe it's not good enough to say so. So the place to actually start this is not from the perspective of a parent, but actually the perspective of a rabbi. See, when it comes to kavod, there's a lot of overlap, as we saw, continue to see, between the way in which we honor a parent and the way in which we honor our teachers. Says the Gemara, the Gemara is found in Kedushan, and Amid Beis. Rava, the great Amora, Rava was at the uh, wedding of his son, and what was he doing? Papa. He was the uh, Sahamashkin. He was pouring wine for all his guests. So the great Rav is pouring wine for all his guests. He pours for a Papa. He pours for a Huna. Braid of Yeshua. And as he pours for them, like the great Rav, so what do they do? They stand up. Okay. Then, the Rav Mari, Rav Pinchas, Braid of Chista, When he pours then for Rav Mari, Rav Pinchas, they don't stand up. They don't stand up. If Rav is serving me, clearly he's Mocha, right? Clearly, the fact that he's here's the great rabbi, he's willing to serve me. Clearly, he doesn't want the respect. That's why he's doing it. So, Ibkid, he got very upset. These are rabbis, but these are not rabbis. Like, what's going on here? Visu, furthermore, another story. Rav Papa was at the uh, was at the uh, wedding party of Rav Barbara. And Rabbi Yitzchak also, he's pouring from Rabbi Yitzchak. He's sitting there, just taking it, and not and, and not standing up. So what's going on here? So seemingly, he's mochel is kavod. He's saying, I don't need, I don't need the kavod. That's why I'm willing to serve you. Yet they're getting up. The, it seems like the chacham and the sages standing around are getting upset for not standing up. So the Gemara answers, Ah, even though he's mochel, he says You still need to do. And this is a very cryptic word, something. You still need to, need to do something. So what does Rashi say? Yes, Rav, Rava is clearly mochel. Clearly doesn't mind the fact that you're not standing. But from your perspective, you have to do something. So he says, this is maybe the source. You know that people do this? When someone walks in the room, this is the source for it. Stand a little to at least show that you want to, you want to show him respect. Stand a little to show that... You care, even though he says no, but you still want to do something. You know, I, I kind of thought this is like the source for when, when I don't know, rabbi wants to, wants to walk into the room and the other person says, you go, no, you go, you, no, you go. What's going on here? Clearly the rabbi says you can go first. But like that game that's always played. You can do this. No, you do it. No, you do it. There's a source for it where it's like, yeah, he's mochel, but from your perspective, at least show that you want to show the respect. And even though he was mochel, even though he said, I don't mind, I'm waiving those rights. In fact, the Shulchan Aruch codifies this in in Reish Mem Dalid. Says Kulam Shemochal Kvodam. So really, this is actually within the, the, the context of the Gemara. It's really a much longer dis- discussion. Is who's allowed to be mochal? Who's allowed to be mochal? Meaning, uh, is a parent allowed to be mochal? Well, why would a parent not allowed to be mochal? So we discussed again. The parent it might not be the parent's honor. Maybe you're, you're respecting the parenthood, what they represent. Okay, that's a little bit more tenuous. Can a rabbi be mochal? That's even more. Te- that's even more um, of a reason maybe a rabbi can, because you're not a rabbi. You're representing Torah. You're representing the, 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 the Torah. 
What right do you have to be mochel on that? Then the Gemara is like, what about the Nasi? The Gadol Hadar. Can you be mochel? It's not your, it's not, you're not representing, you're not, you're representing, it's not just you just because you were elected, you're representing the people. You're ele- representing, you know, you can't, can't say just because I happen to be in the White House, but I'm me. No, now at this point, for the duration of your time in the White House or the Knesset or whatever other house you may be, you are a representative of the nation, and therefore, when you claim, oh, I'm just running around and wearing, I don't know, shorts and no shirt, what do you mean? It's, I'm, I'm being chill. No, you're not do, doing that. You are a representative. Who, what right do you have to, to be mochel? And for that matter, maybe you don't have a, 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 a second. So you, maybe there's no, there's no right to be mochel. Says the Shulchan Aruch, Halach Lamaisa. And again, distilling a lot into one line, but at least when it comes to parents and, and a rabbi, Kulum Shemochel, all of them, and here it's talking more of rabbis and parents, if they are mochel, if they say, I'm waiving my right for the honor that I am, that I am, I have the right to receive, again, not disrespect. There's a big difference between disrespect and honor. I'm waiving the right for the above and beyond honor that you're going to, you're, you're going to, you're supposed to uh, give to me and accord to me. Kvoda mochel, the, it's mochel. Ve'af al but despite that, despite the parents saying, nah, 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 I don't need it, despite the rabbi saying, nah, nah, I don't need it, Mitzvah lekavdom, lekvodom. There's still a mitzvah to 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 show them respect. Vlakum of neim katsas to stand a little bit in front of them. They say, oh, "Don't you stand up? Oh, sit down, sit down, sit down." You should still say, "But I want to stand up." What's going on here? Why would that be? After all, the rabbis like, "I don't want it." The parents like, "I don't want it." Sit down, sit down. So, I realized in Chutzoni, which is actually he was brought down our sources. This in Karelitz, he said it beautifully. He said it beautifully. Why? And you don't you don't you don't have to turn it because he only quoted. What page? You, if you want, you can look in it, but he only quoted a, a very small portion of it. So I'm not even sure what page it's on. It was on the next page or so. Um, page 65. He. I, I want to read the whole thing inside. Again, parent says I don't want you to stand. You don't have to stand, but seemingly you still have to show or make some sort of gesture that you want to stand, even if you're not going to stand. Why would that be? Girl, the parents said, sit down, sit down. Rabbi said, sit down. So I think this Chutzani really gets to the crux of what it means to honor, to show respect. And it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful idea. So listen to what he says. Let's read it together. He writes as follows. This is the desire, the Ratzan HaTorah, open HaMitzvah. The way in which the structure of the mitzvah, this is the way, this that we said again, that someone is supposed to want to stand, or at least to attempt, or show some sort of gesture of respect, even after the parent or the teacher said, don't, this is the desire of the Torah. This is actually the very surah, the very way in which kavod manifests itself. Why? Because even though we said, that once the parent says, once the rabbi says, no need, then from the perspective of the strict din, you don't have to stand up. So number one, he says as follows. Most people never have that conversation. It's just assumed. Parent never asked for it. Teacher never asked for it. So the people are like, oh yeah, it must be, it's fine. Don't assume things. Even if the teacher said, the parent said, don't stand for me. Even then, he said the nature of humans is, again, in, in, in our society, that when someone walks in the room, 
who we have respect for, we stand up. It's, it's second nature to most of us, hope to all of us. Someone walks into the room who is in a superior position than you, someone walks into the room who has more knowledge than you, someone walks into the position who is greater than you, we stand up. It's just the way of the world, he says. And therefore, the Torah desires that the feelings between a son and a father, a daughter and a mother, a son and a mother and a daughter and a father, the Torah desires those feelings should code open to ben mizbata ahorah. That the, the, there's, there's the feelings that should be between the parents and the children should be one where the child says, I want to be mizbata myself to you. I want to show you this sort of respect by standing up, by stopping what I'm doing and standing up. To show that I respect you because you are more important than me, because you are more chashub than me. Don't be more, don't be wiser than the Torah. And even though there's time to be mochel on this, and this is, the, I think, the important part. Parents should never say a blanket on mochel on everything. No, no need to. Because the Torah clearly states and thinks standing is the appropriate thing to do. Amnon. It shouldn't be the parents say, stand for me because the Torah wants you to stand for me. Really? I don't want you to stand for me. But stand for me because the Torah wants. This is what he's saying as follows. Imagine we met the president, President Biden. You walk, into, you walk into the Oval Office, hi, my name is Jesse Katz, nice to meet you, Mr. President, and he says, just call me Joe. I have a feeling, it's kind of like, maybe some of you have to think back a little long ago, when you met like your friend's parents, and they're like, just call me by my first name, and you're like, I can't do that, I'm 12, and you're, my 12-year-old, you're 150. <laughs> so what do you do? You, either you feel really awkward and say it once, and then you probably spend the rest of the time trying to avoid having to call them by their name, it's like, uh, can you pass, and you, you don't know how to phrase it, you don't want to be rude. There's something instinctual about the fact that there's a certain respect that's there. I think what the Shani is saying is as follows. Even if you're mocha, say, son, don't stand, daughter, don't stand. But the, the, Torah, the Torah wants this feelings of this hargasha between a, a son and a father that there's a desire to stand. That this is like the right thing to do. Not because the Torah says so, because this is the relationship between a parent and a, and a child that I have this sort of respect. So when, even though when the Gemara says, Rabbi said, oh, Rabbi said, excuse me, don't stand for me, don't stand for me, the correct thing to do was, you know, this. Like, I want to stand for you. It's like, it's, it's, you feel almost wrong, but I'm not standing for you. Do you feel like you're saying, hey, Joe, you know, I can't call you Joe, you're the president. No, you told me to call you Joe, but I don't want to call you Joe, so I'm just going to say, hey, you. That, that's worse. Dude, that's worse. You know, we know, we've all been there. And I think that's what he's trying to say. That the fact that there's an almost uncomfortable, we're uncomfortable, and we don't know what to do, so we kind of stand, that shows that our values are aligned with the sensibility of what proper covet is, that we should stand, we should show this deference, which hopefully is intuitive, hopefully is intuitive and, therefore, and instinctual, and that is exactly why it's codified in, codified in Shulchan Aruch, that at least, even though he's mocha, but from your perspective, you still have to stand to show that respect, or at least try to show it. Stand to show the respect. Yes.
Of course, no, of course. Uh, of course, that's probably the reason. The Chutz kind of says that actually. He says like, don't don't make a blanket, never stand up for me, but use safe because you realize the ruts of the Torah, the desire of the Torah is that this should be what's happening, the deference and this kavod and this mora is what should be the ideal. Okay, yeah. I had the experience what he just mentioned here, and you mentioned a couple of weeks ago here. It was in 1971. Okay, there you go. So you, 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 you know the feeling. Okay, here's another question that comes up. What if it turns out you have a father and a son, a great relationship, and then one day the son becomes a rabbi? Or not just any rabbi, becomes like the rabbi. So now who stands for who? Father stands for son because he's the Gadol Hadar, or son stands for father because he's the father. So obviously the Gemara focus says as follows: It's found in Gemara Kedushin. Yibar lehu. Let me ask you the following question: Says the Gemara. But no, who rabbi? You have a son, but he happens to be your rebbe. Okay, probably makes the father very proud. Mahu la'amu b'mifnei aviv. So does the son stand before the rabbi, before the father? He stands before the father. It's kind of like disrespecting the fact he's the rabbi. But if the father doesn't stand before. Like it, if, but if he doesn't stand before the father, but he's his father. Kind of tricky situation. Toshima, it could be, but we're, let's just take it at, at no circumstance right now. What's the ideal? Toshima, Darmalei Shmuel, Rav Yehuda. Shenidu kum mikmei avuch shani Rav Yechezko dibal masim hav. Oh, sorry. I read it too fast. Shmuel, Darmalei Shmuel, Rav Yehuda. Shenidu kum mikmei avuch. He says to Shmuel says to Rav Yehuda, come stand before your father. Rabbi, come stand before your father. So there we go. We have a case where he said, stand in front of your father. Even though you're the rabbi, he says no, 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 not so fast. Who's his father? Shani Rabbi Chesko. The Baal Meisim Havi Dafilu Mar Shmuel Nami Kamei Mekmei. He wasn't just any guy. He was a great, great. He was a great. It doesn't say he's a rabbi. Interesting. He says he had a lot of Meisim. He was a tzaddik. He was a holy, righteous person. He did a lot of. He did a lot of chesed. So we're going to stand for him not because we stand for him either way. Even if he's your father, but if he wasn't your father, you stand for him also. It's kind of like you, if you look at your scale here, you have the rebbe. And then father, but also a great man, so you can't bring a proof about a case where the father is just an ordinary guy and the parent is, and the son is the, is the, is the, is the, um, is the teacher. All right, that doesn't help us, right? So what do you do? Again, we want to know the son is the teacher. Does he stand for his father or the father stand for the son? We tried to bring a proof from Shmuel, but it didn't work because Shmuel's father was a great man. Okay, let me give, let me give you a different case. Ta- um... Same question. You have a son, and he's the he's the rebbe. Does he stand in front of his father, or does the father stand in front of him? I have great proof. Rabbi Yishuban Levi says, I wouldn't stand in front of my son, and clearly his son was a great rabbi. And the only reason why I stand when my son walks into the room, even though meaning his son is a great rabbi, but I'm his father. But, and the reason I stand when he walks into the room is not because he's, he's my rabbi, but because he's also, he married into the family of the Nasiya, of the, of the, of the, of the, uh, of the um, how do you say, translate Nasi? Of the uh, leadership, of the leadership. leadership. As in, he was the son-in-law of the leader of the t- people. He's not part of the, 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 the leadership of the Jewish people. He made part of the son of the Rish Galusa, whatever it may be. So I stand for him because he is, He's now not just a rabbi, but he's also, he's, he's the senator, he's the governor, whatever, you know, he's up there in the government. So the Gemara says, we see from here, what? That had his son just been a regular rabbi, he wouldn't have stood for him. 
We wouldn't have stuck for him. Right? We good? Yes? No? No? The Gemara says it's false. He says, it was good. Rashub and Levi says, I stand for my son, who's a rabbi. So that seems to imply that if your son's a rabbi, you should stand for him. And he goes, no, no, no. The reason I stand for him is not because he's a rabbi, but because he's also the, a leader. Which a leader is a much, uh, on, on the, in the hierarchy of things, a leader is, again, representing the Jewish people, supersedes all kavod, including kibbutz of aim and kavod rabbo, and that's the only reason why I'm standing for him. Which seems to imply that had he not been the leader of the people, I wouldn't stand for him, even though he's my rabbi. Why wouldn't I stand for him? Because I'm his father. So we go back to our original question: Should a son stand for his father if his father, if his son's the rabbi? Well, we don't know, because the only we brought two cases. One case was the father was a holy man, so we couldn't bring a proof from there. Next case, we couldn't bring a proof from because the son-in-law was the leader of the Jewish people. But it kind of leaves it murky. So what do we do? What do we do? The son again is the rabbi. The father is the father. Should the son stand for the father? We have a case where the father might stand for the son. Maybe. Unclear. You can make an inference he would. Still wasn't explicit. But what if the son stand for the father? Says the Gemara. Nothing. Gemara says nothing. Gemara says nothing. It's called, give me a second. Okay. Gemara says nothing. It leaves it, it leaves it blank. That doesn't, it doesn't resolve it. So it comes along the rush. It's, this is a, it's a fascinating rush and a highly problematic rush for a number of reasons. We'll see why. So the rush is as follows. What happens? Benovu Rabba Mahu. Again, the rush is, the, is giving us Psak Halacha, giving us the Halachic resolution from the Gemara. You have a son who's also the Rabbi. Should you stand in front of your father? Again, asking Gemara's question. Uh, he goes, Iboyu, below the Bishita. The Gemara asks it and didn't give an answer. So what should you do? Iboyu, um, excuse me. So then it says, so it goes to the Gemara. Again, it says, Iboyu, below the Bishita. It says, Sveka Daraisu. It's a Suffolk Daraisu. Of showing kavod, beyond um, so they should both stand up for each other. Both stand up for each other. Father should stand up for the son because he's the rabbi. Son should stand up for the father because he is the father. Okay, this is all good and well. If I stop right here, we can, okay, so it's good and well. We can go home. We'll be happy. I'm not done yet. We could be happy because we had a good question. What should son, 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 son is the rabbi. Father is the father. Who should stand for? We both stand for each other. Show him all Yisrael, and life can go on. However. Then the rush has something very interesting. Mayor Re Ruttenberg. They said about my Rebbe, the Maharami Ruttenberger, Mayor from Rottenberg, who we discussed in this year previously. The day that he, he became great, as the day he was appointed to be the leader, the Nasi, the, the uh, Avezdin, I don't know which of, the, of his positions it was that made him to now be the, the, the leader of Klai Yisrael. He wouldn't go visit his father. But he didn't want his father to come visit him. Why? Because he didn't want to put himself into the suffix, make maybe his father stand for him, or him to stand for his father, and they'd end up not showing the appropriate cover to each other. This is what he says. It's not just that. So when I read that, I was like, first I'm like, that's very extreme. And then I said, but didn't we discuss a few weeks ago the importance of part of Kavod is going to visit your father? And we quoted a whole story from Rav Chaim, I believe, where Rav Chaim saw a guy, and the guy's like, the guy's like uh, I can't go visit my father. He goes, why not? He goes, he lives too far away. I can't afford it. He goes, who said you have to pay for the train? Start walking. You have two feet. That's free. So that also is clearly part of Kavod. So it really bothered me. So I, I, I uh, texted Rav Chaim, put on the on the source sheets, and I say, what's going on with this? And he writes, I agree. Pretty shocking. 
caller by Aaron Kraft, uh, dying in Chicago CRC. I thought about a different issue that I've been dealing with, and I said to him, what do you think about this? And he says, I have no idea. So we're going to leave this as it is. I have no suggestions other than to say that the Rush Poskins, not like the Robert Rudenberg Poskins, they should stand for each other. So the Rush seems to say, I don't know what to do, they should stand for each other. The Rambam says straight up, this is in Hilda's Mamrim, Vav Dalid, If the father has a son who's a Talmud Chacham, the father does not stand in front of the kid. But the son stands in front of the father. Even if the father is his son, the father spends his days learning his Davyomi Shir. Now, next Shabbos, I'll be in Chicago with Michael Rosenzweig. He is a uh, tremendous Talmud Chacham. My father told me when he was taking, taking his father as Rabbi Dr. Bernard Rosenzweig's history class, he said anytime he could, he'd bring up his son, talk about just how proud he was of his son, who was the, uh, the son, the, uh, the uh, what's it called? The Rosh Hashiva. And when you listen to Rabbi Rosenzweig talk about his father, he goes, oh, he's my first rabbi, because his father was a rabbi of a shul. He says, I grew up in a shul. There's this just tremendous respect between them. So you have a case right here. Even though the father is, looks at his son and goes, you are this Rosh Hashiva, you tremendous bosik, says the Rambam, either way, son always stands for the father. Father never stands for the son. The son always has to respect the father and show them proper cover. And I would venture to say, that any real Talmud Chacham wouldn't feel this tension. Any real Talmud Chacham who has a sense of aniva, a sense of humility, doesn't feel the tension that we discussed of who should stand for who, trying to figure it out, and both for each other. The son is always going to, and the, or the daughter is going to show the deference to the parent. Just what it is. And we've, I've seen stories. They say, Ravar Lichtenstein, there were the years when his father was hard, very hard of hearing and I think blind, and Lichtenstein spent Yom Kippur davening in a room outside of the shoal, screaming into his father's ear, word for word, all of David. So the Rosh Hashiva, the, one of the poskim for religious Zionism and for modern orthodoxy, was not in davening in his yeshiva on Yom Kippur because he was outside in a classroom screaming davening into his father's ear. Why? What happened to you're the Rosh Hashiva, your father just, I don't know. No, because at the end of the day, if you really have a sense of humility and you're a real Talmud Chacham, so I think you're going to the Rambam makes a lot more sense. It's, that's what it is. Your father's your father, your mother's your mother. You don't, and, and, full stop. That's what I would say. I think that we, we, that's fine. I'll leave it at that. I think that, that makes the most sense. Okay. Two more points, then we'll, then we'll, we'll end. How many times a day? So we, this is brought down, all, you can see in the sources here, but when it comes to the covet of a Rebbe, so the Gemara tells us that you should only, only stand for them twice, once in the morning, once at night, because if you stand for them more than tw twice, you show God less respect. You say Shema in the morning, say Shema at night, but you're going to stand for your rabbi every time they walk into the room. You just don't want a regular rabbi. It might be different than Al Hadar. Okay. But then the Gemara goes on to say, however, if you are outside, let's say that you're spending your day in the basement of Jewish, the rabbi walks in the morning, you stand up, the rabbi leaves at night, you sit down, you walk, stand up again, excuse me. But other than that, stay seated, sit learning. You walk outside for lunch break, your rabbi, and you're sitting in the pizza shop, your rabbi walks in, stand up then, because it's going to look wrong if your rabbi, your rabbi walks in the room and everyone sees that you're sitting while your rabbi's in the room, because they don't realize that you already stood up for it once in the morning, right? So because of that, it's the wrong perception, both because it makes you look bad, but also I think it's, it's not proper covered for the rabbi, that he, they're congregants or talmidim who are not standing for him in public, not because people aren't going to realize that the, that, that sort of uh, kavod or mora was shown to them already early in the morning. 
So outside, it seems like you, can, you should do it as many times as, as is appropriate. And we, we, the post can basically draw, this, uh, draw a direct parallel with the parents, once in the morning, once at night. Although there are some who say, if you're in a place where it's more public, so you should do it many times. Then the kind of discussion gets in there. Those who say you should do it every time you see them. What about you have someone who lives with their parents? You can stand every time. It starts getting a bit much. The parents are mochel. So kind of like the post can kind of, it seems like, again, I didn't do a full dive into this part, into the, this far into it. The post can kind of like do this funny dance of like parents are usually mochel, even if they're not mochel. Stand in the morning, stand at night, and kind of do things in a healthy way. Okay. Lastly, I just saw one the Pischa Tshuva again. And we'll close with this because I thought it was interesting. What if, um, what if the parent, what if the son is blind? This is to stand for a parent. So the uh, Pischa Tshuva is unsure. The Nachlas Tzvi says, um, a regular Chacham and Rabbi, no, but if it's his actual Rabbi Muvok, he should. Now what's interesting is that the Nachlas Tzvi and the Pischa Tshuva are the same person. Okay, why? What would the, what would the svara be? What would the logic be about not standing? So I guess if someone's blind, it doesn't look like people see. Oh, he's clearly blind. There's a guide dog. There's a stick there. That he doesn't know they walk in the room. It doesn't look wrong. I guess I, I wasn't really sure. Um, but I kind of wasn't. I wasn't sure. I was unsure about that. But for parents, even a blind person, at least the midas chassidim, the post said they should stand. They should stand. Again, it, I wasn't really sure why you should or shouldn't. Maybe you. I, I, I wanted to kind of bring this up to see if you had any thoughts. And lastly. If the parent is blind, then the son should sh surely should stand up when you see the k person walking into the room. Okay, any thoughts on this last piece? Why there should be a distinction or not? Go ahead. Well, then they can't, but I would assume that blind people, even back then, got around. I assume. Right, yeah, here, it could be. It could, yeah, you're right, it could be. It could be. A quick chazara, so what do we see today? Talk about the importance of standing. So standing can either come from out of fear, obviously, or awe, let's put it that way, reverence, or from kavod, respect, and it seems to be, it's, like, it's a bit of both. There's some people you stand for for respect, there's some people you stand up for because of reverence, um, and parents, probably both of them, we wanted to know if um, a parent could be mochel. And what we concluded was, based on the Gemara, that even if the parent is mochel, the rabbi is mochel, you still have to do something, you know, the little stand up, show you want to. And why is that? So the Chodeshani said so beautifully, because our sensibilities, our internal halachic moral compass should be one where we feel almost uncomfortable when someone greater than us says, call me by my first name. Don't, no, don't show me respect. We should want to show the deference. And therefore, in Shulchan Aruch, it recognizes this and says, even though they're mochel, we can show a little bit of respect. Um, then we said, what if the son is a rabbi? We saw an extreme formulation by the Marami Rutenberg. He didn't, didn't want to get it, put himself into the situation. The, the um, Rush said they should both stand up. The Rami said, no, the son always shows respect for the father. The father never has to stand for the son. And we pointed out that probably a real great person would show respect for the father and maybe mochel, like, wouldn't even put himself in the situation. How many times? So the post kind of said just, do it in a healthy way, and then we lastly we saw that the son is blind. That at the very least, minus chasidus, nice thing to do is they stand up even if they don't have to. Why? Unsure, unclear. Erica wants to suggest because it may be a safety component. Not sure, and uh, we will meet next week.